questions about the tribunal? So it has, it, it, um, you know the cuts to that Ford Bade? To the autistic services services for children with autism and yeah, their families. Yeah, like by the provincial government, right? Right. Is that can it be applied to provincial? Like direct principles. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as the kids are first, like like it says, for First Nations kids. Um, and in fact, uh, just in anecdotally from my experience working at the caring side, we often um, have families phoning us um, when they're having difficulties accessing direct principle. I have noticed an uptick in um, requests for services to do with um, like supporting their autistic children here in Ontario. So it certainly is a thing that's happening and I suspect, um, you know, the problem is that, um, as you guys have probably seen, as I'm trying to illustrate in ways, the lives of First Nations kids are really um, dictated to by who's in, who's in power, right? Who's making the policy of the day. And there's not a lot of, lot of what you might consider a social safety net. So, for example, me, I'm like pretty privileged. I'm okay if, you know, Ford's in power. I have, you know, somewhat of a healthcare plan-ish, right? I'm okay. But if a family who's already living fairly marginalized, they don't have that same, that same social safety net, right? Um, and so I think that's part of the issue is that um, with the Caring Society, we're really trying to get these, these policies in place and making sure that services are funded equitably and taking into consideration the long history of colonization and ongoing colonization here in Canada um, to make sure that kids aren't, you know, falling, aren't, like their, their welfare and their livelihoods and their opportunity, like what opportunities they're gonna get in life is gonna, you know, it's gonna be dictated to by who's in power, right? Um, as well kids, obviously, that's true. That sort of answer your question? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so um, at the Caring Society, we have quite a few campaigns and things like that, and I've talked a little bit about what we what we do at the Caring Society in terms of Jordan's principle and the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal. And they're really couched into a few, in, in a few things. One, First Nations and kids and families have dreams too, right? They should have all the opportunities they want in this world, right? And two, incremental uh, equality does not work, right? Kids don't have incremental childhoods. So we don't push for, uh, okay, so the government's gonna like implement this better funding formula in 20 years, this will be great. No, we want it now because unfortunately, even as uh, this timeline showed you, that took over 10 years, right? The tribute, the Canadian Human Rights uh, complaint was uh, filed in 2007, and if the order, and it was, uh, they were found to be discriminatory in 2016. That's nine years, right? That's a long time, and we're still trying to make sure the government's compliant. And in that time, kids had grown up, so it's not really fair to those kids to tell them to wait. So we really try to push for, you know, the solutions are in the books. Let's fully implement them. Um, and the third thing. Children have a right to participate in matters that affect them. Uh, so we have a child and youth circle, and similar to a board of directors almost, they will uh, guide us, right, in our, in our uh, like strategically, like our strategic plans and things like this. Um, and they have a big hand in uh, uh, um, organizing one of our biggest events of the year, which is Have a Heart Day. Um, and yeah, we have, um, Basically, seven free ways to make a difference. I talked a little bit about that. 
uh, uh, First Nations witness, uh, but has to do with our ongoing uh, work for the Canadian, Canadian Human Rights Tribunal, Jordan's principal, um, and then uh, Shannon's duty. Uh, did anybody, has anybody heard of Shannon's dispatcher? Yeah, that's it. Is it, what is it, the clean drinking water? Is that close? Education. Education. Yeah. So basically, she was a teenager uh, from Attawakiskat First Nation, which is uh, northern Ontario. And uh, their school had a diesel leak um, underneath their school, so it was no, they were no longer able to go to school in that, in that, that building. Um, so the government sent up portables. Um, and I'm not sure if you guys have ever been in a portable, I went to So not nearly as cold, and it was very, very uh, cold in that portable. Uh, so I couldn't imagine what it was like in Roman, Ontario. Um, and they're not made to be, uh, they're made to be a temporary structure, right? Not a permanent structure. Um, and so basically these portables were up there for years, and the students said, you know what, enough's enough. We want to be able to go to school in a real school. <laughs> and so Shannon her, and her classmates started documenting all the things that were, they were that was happening. The fact that there was mold in the portable, the fact that there was a rat infestation, um, and things like this, right? Stuff that, you know, that are completely unbelievable. And she uh, went that came down to Ottawa, met with then uh, Minister of uh, what was then considered Aboriginal Affairs and Northern Development Canada, uh, Chuck Strahl, I think his name was. And she's like, hey, we, we want a school. Can we, can we get a school? Can you build a school at, at home? And he said, promise, 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 and it never happened. So I think they went through three ministers of INAC, and they all basically said no. Um, and it was uh, just recently that a school was built up in Ottawa, I think in 20, like two or three years ago, 2017. Um, and unfortunately, Shannon did pass away uh, at the age of 15 in a car accident. Um, what happens is a lot of First Nations kids up in Northern Ontario um, is there's no high school in their communities, right? So a lot of kids go to like Thunder Bay, um, do lookouts, so on and so forth, to go to high school. Um, so she was actually uh, driving back home when she got in a car accident because she's going to school. So one of the upcoming events that I think you guys should probably look into uh, is called Honor Memories Planning Dreams. And uh, this is basically to honor residential school survivors and their families. Um, so you can plant heart gardens, right? And uh, basically talk about the TRC call to action and addressing the legacy of the residential school system. And Bear Witness Day, something we just finished. Um, and this day uh, is celebrated annually on May 10th. And uh, it's in honor of Jordan River Anderson and Jordan's principal. And so it's actually a very big day. Um, we, everybody brings in a teddy bear to school or to work or their daycare. And they talk about Jordan's principal, they talk about the uh, inequitable access to, to public services that First Nations kids face. And finally, have a hard day. This is probably our biggest event of the year. Last year, we had 1,400 kids RSVP to attend. Because we had snowpocalypse, unfortunately, we had to hold it indoors, but that's okay. 
Um, so I guess hopefully next year the, the snow will hold off so we can hold it outdoors with the Parliament Hill again. Um, and I would suggest if you guys are in Ottawa again next year, tell them February, around February 14th, check it out. Um, it's quite amazing. Um, all these kids, like it's, um, it is amazing to see how these kids view fairness, right? It's very, like, it's this the situation for First Nations kids is not fair. And these kids can totally articulate it so well. And um, yeah, yeah, their teachers and their families and these kids do an excellent job. Um, and I would really encourage you guys to check out, I hope we have a whole bunch of resources. Um, Alanis Sabonswin, uh, she is an awesome filmmaker. Uh, she's come up with two documentaries recently, Hi Ho Mr. Hey, and We Can't Make the Same Mistake Twice. Hi Ho Mr. Hey has to do with Shannon McStatchin and Shannon's Dream, and We Can't Make the Same Mistake Twice has to do with the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal. Um, so I suggest you guys check them out if you guys are interested, and they're all available to the National Film Board. And Spear Bear. You guys have seen that we have like lots of pictures of bears and things like that. Um, Spear Bear is kind of our, I don't want to say mascot, but he is representative of the 165,000 kids which the government is discriminating against. And he has been to every single uh, Canadian Human Rights Tribunal hearing. And it's really important that he is there because you go to these hearings, and in fact, they are still going on. I was at some last week. Um, so keep an eye on our Twitter account because they are public. So you guys are welcome to come and check them out. Um, and it's quite like, I would encourage you to do that because it is very interesting um, to see how the government frames a lot of these things, right? Um, anyway, so yeah, Spear Bear and his cohort will often come to our hearings and get representative of the kids. Um, and he has quite a few accolades. He's very famous. Quite often people will recognize him at the airport on the street. He's a barrister and he has a PhD from University of Victoria and he has a bear Fair SW, yeah, so he's, he's very educated. Um, and he has two kids books. So if you guys are working with kids, these are meant, this book here talks about the Canadian, or uh, case of the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal, and this book here talks about residential schools um, and access to education. Uh, so if you guys are teaching and talking with kids, show them these books. They are for grades three to six, um, and they're totally into them. It, it's uh, it's great to see, and he has a movie coming out. So take a look for that. And you guys are students. We have an Indigenous Knowledge Portal. Um, I've seen on your uh, reading list that you guys had something from the uh, First Nations Family Child Family Periodic Review. I think it's called. Our, our basically our journal. I should know what it's called. <laughs> but anyways, um, so all of the journal. Uh, articles are on this on our website as well as other reports that we have done are here um, and so it is a definitely a wealth of information so I would check it out and if you can't find something on the website that you're looking for you can send me an email and I'll try to point you in the right direction okay yeah. anybody have any questions yes so how do how incremental in a lot of ways. So when the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal put out their first uh, original order in 2016, they had what was called immediate orders. Um, or I could skip over that. Yeah, so basically cease discriminatory practices, reform their child uh, uh, 
First Nation Child Welfare Program, cease applying a narrow definition of drugs principle, and uh, take measures to immediately implement the full meaning and scope of drugs principle. So in terms of drugs principle, we're finding that um, uh, yeah, they're not they're not they're not fully implementing it. Um, so they could be trying to narrow it through who's considered First Nations, right? Um, and, and as well, there have still, like I said, there's still issues in terms of the time frame compliance, um, urgent cases, things like this. And so their typical excuse really is, well, this, this stuff takes time, you know, we need to get our ducks in a row, things like this. Um, because this is like really on, like, it's like really happening right now, I will say I have noticed that there has been um, a, a, a slow in the, uh, uh, they don't really want to do anything anymore because they're so close to the election, right? So the uh, fervor, the we're going to reconcile is like not there right now. So um, yeah, so we're having a lot of issues in terms of, for example, when uh, families uh, contact us, you know, we try our best to like get, uh, you know, the request going for Jordan's principle, uh, but it is difficult because, um, you know, the government doesn't really, like, their, their priorities are elsewhere right now, and as I said before, this is really too bad because this is exactly one, big, one of the problems is that um, the lives of kids and the welfare of kids shouldn't be at the mercy of of an election or who's getting elected and things like this, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really the case here. Yeah. Any more questions? I have a question. So I'm not sure, you might have covered it earlier, but um, mm -hmm. when you say First Nations children, are you also including Métis and Inuit? In no. Um, so a couple reasons for this. One, the Caring Society, um, well, okay. So first of all, the experiences of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children are very different um, and distinct. And um, also, because the Caring Society were a First Nations organization, we really came out of um, a meeting of First Nations communities who identified a need to start talking about uh, specifically child family services on reserve. Um, that's that is our our jam, right? And that's what we what we focus on. Um, certainly, uh, I can say, um, in terms of um, Inuit folks, uh, there certainly is a need for something like George's principle. Um, just taking into consideration, uh, Inuit don't fall under the Indian Act, but taking into consideration uh, the remoteness of a lot of communities, uh, multi-generational impacts, so on and so forth, there certainly is a need for something like George's principle. And ITK, which is the representative body of um, all Inuit 